With the bottle tones. Yeah, we got to play with all of everybody that was anybody that we ever would have wanted to play with. Yeah. Uh, and that, it doesn't get any better than that. We got to play with Link Ray. We got to play with the Misfits. We got to play with the Ventures. I mean, uh, it, it goes on and on and on. If the, you know, low straight jackets. Um, if there's a, a band in that genre, rockabilly, surf, just Americana, mm -hmm. it, it, and if they had an edge to them and were great musicians, we got to play with them and uh, uh, befriend a, a, a lot of them. And mm -hmm. it was, it was, that was by far the, the, the coolest, I mean, not the cool, but that was the, an amazing part of the Bottle Tones. And that was all due to uh, just luck, really, you know. We were just <laughs> punk rockers, you know, Bottle Tones. So we started, we, 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 we touched on the beginning of the Bottle Tones earlier. So, uh -huh. I mean, uh, I guess if we're gonna, my connection to Lost Cross, I guess, is what I'm sitting in this chair for, right? I mean, that's yeah, really well, I mean, the, you're the just main a part. Interesting person as well, but yes, Lost Cross is is. A, I mean, is a because we're here for Lost Cross 35th anniversary, and yeah, I know yeah. there's a whole host of characters that yeah. come with the Carbondale music scene in its past, and yeah. it, I, I'm very proud that you are representing this era that seems to be uh, forgotten sometimes. Uh, and uh, so I grew up in Carbondale. I'm a Unity Point Trojan. I'm a I'm a Terrier. I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm Unity a, Point Trojan. Trojan I'm a, I'm a, I Giant City Giants, oh, buddy. Oh, man, yes. get down. Get out of here, <laughs> man. Just Sharks. <laughs> here we are again. Decoin Indian. Decoin Indian. But Duke, Which yeah. is politically incorrect. I know you can't do it anymore. Oh, you like, God, that logo is... They finally it. have started like to get away from the logo. Oh, my I, but God, I loved logo. their icon. I loved their Indian. I did I, like I the did. red and black I did. I did, Because red and black are a great color. Yeah, and I hate to admit it. The icon... The iconography Itself. It was Hate fabulous. It okay. I play, anyway. uh, sorry. That's okay. I don't mind. You can hate football. I'll still love you. Just fine. Uh, and I have I have no problems with that. Hey, uh, so what were we anyway. talking about? So um, I started going to the cross when I was in high school. And uh, they were par having parties uh, and, and just a, a band here or there. And mm -hmm. a band would, a couple bands were practicing there, probably uh, Bloodstained Tool. And uh, Ian Lintalt, the, uh, one of the drummers from uh, Bloodstained Tool, uh, was still in high school and was in a band with me and my friend Patrick, only we didn't really have a band. We were trying to have a band, only I couldn't play. And he had keyboards he couldn't play, so we never really played music. Uh, <laughs> Just noise. Yeah, but Bill, uh, Bill, who ended up in Blue Meanies, uh, and then um, the guy from uh, Steve, who ended up being Three Man, used to come over, and we used to attempt to make music. And, and Bill would just read from... Uh, uh, Patrick's dad's uh, 1950s and 60s Playboys. It was quite something. I wish it got recorded, but that happened two or three times. It never got a name or a band. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that happened and just started doing that. Um, and then having friends who knew friends, like uh, my best friend, one of my best friends at the time, Scott Travelstead, was working at Trace Ombres. John Collins, who was uh, a band, just a local band guy, was working at uh, Trace Ombres. And mm -hmm. they would uh, do after work, they would all get together and drink beer. And John and Scott started playing acoustic guitar and singing together and just doing like Neil Young songs and that sort of thing. And then I was around them doing that, so we started playing acoustic guitar. So those two would sing, and then John and I would play acoustic guitar, and that's what started that. Then I started playing in the band called Motor Bre The Burn. <laughs> I forgot a stupid summer drunk band. And then The Burn. 
Stupid Summer Drunk Band with Joel, with Joel Thomas. That's the first band I ever played in public with. We were in like a corner of some party. And then, <laughs> and then, and then The Burn, uh, which are a group of friends from high school in Carbondale. And they were a bit younger for me. And they played frat parties and such. And um, I had to learn all the covers. That's the only way I learned all the cover songs. Mm-hmm. I would have never learned any cover songs without these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Any of the standards. Uh, and it helped me immensely as a, as a musician. Yeah. And uh, I got fired because I was too ambitious. And it was The Burn because lead singer was Jeff Burns and, and Jeff didn't like me taking over his band and getting too ambitious. We recorded a, 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 a tape at Sound at Soundcore and uh, I got fired and the bass player and drummer uh, quit at the band and started playing with me or some similar, like something like that happened. We formed Motor Breath. Motor Breath, we played all uh, Metallica songs as a three-piece, mm-hmm. kind of a novelty, played in some parties and at Gatsby's here a few times. And we played at a party at the Strip uh, on Cherry where the car got flipped and set on fire. We were the band that was playing at that oh, party. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, um, Interesting. And so we were Do you start- remember that evening as well? I don't remember. I wasn't there when the car got flipped. Or I, if I wasn't, I know I've seen Motor Breath. You were at the party. Times, but I don't, I don't know if you were I at that. That, in that was later. That was later. We, we, <laughs> okay, right. we left in a hurry. Yeah. We, we got <laughs> our stuff. We got our stuff and got out of there. Yeah. Point. We wanted nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so Those were all frat boys. Who they did were that, all by frat the way. boys. The the whole punk scene did not flip cars or do any of the Halloween shenanigans. Yeah, and then uh, and then so putting that on record. It's true. <laughs> and uh, and Motor Breath uh, got uh, kind of popular. We started writing our own songs. Mm-hmm. Motor Breath actually got very popular enough to headline the big bars on weekend nights on yeah. our own. Mm-hmm. Which which for local bands mm-hmm. that's kind of like a, a generational thing. You know, there's. Um, uh, 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 Modern Day Saints could do it. The Bottle Tones could do it. Um, Woodbox Gang could do it. It seems like there's not you, you can't there's not a lot of bands who can do that as a True. local band. Yeah. Phil, you know, True. Action Man could do it for a while. Yes. Um, Jungle Dogs. Jungle Dogs. Jungle Dogs, could, Dogs, Jungle Dogs could do it whenever. Yeah, they could. Was do Jungle it. Dogs like an everybody they band? Every, like everybody. Yes. Yeah, just just well, we weren't ever like. We would never go to their shows, but just to, out of respect, you're like, fuck, those guys are amazing. They're great people. Yeah. They're having fun. What's wrong with that? Yeah. They were fun. They were fun playing live. Oh, I used to... I shouldn't say it. Say it. I used, to, say I, used it. To, I used to be a bar fly when I was underage. Ah. <laughs> As in, there was a stool. I had my stool and then my booth at the hangar. I would go in and I would sit there every day. I'd come in at four o'clock and I'd have beers with my friend at the stool. And then we'd go to this one booth every single time. And, and I was underage. And somehow, because they knew me... They saw me in there. They thought I was overage. And, just and go I'm in sorry, all the time. Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And you know what? I never, I would always be very careful, and I'm really, really apologize. <laughs> I could have True gotten story. any of you into. <laughs> I really am sorry for that. Uh, well, let me do the But I'm not away. sorry. Let, let me do time. the breakaway for the intro here because <laughs> we're not sorry for episode 94 of the WTF Carbondale podcast where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives and tie it all back to this little old place we call home. Carbondale, Illinois, and again, the the other end of the first experimental set of podcasts of doing crossover oh. podcasts. Oh, and speaking of crossover, 
I almost forgot about this, but we were once in a band together. We're getting there. We're getting there. I have a lot of bands to get through. I'll, oh, sorry. I'll get through them quickly. Sorry. So and then and then Motor Breath got really popular. And while that was happening, I was doing Chunge. Chunge with an umlaut was. Uh, <laughs> can't forget the umlaut. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. was the two acoustic guitars and two vocals. And John and I and John formed Nitro Junior with James, uh, who had just moved back from Austin. Uh, and I and I had not met James at that Cut point this because shit out with this Austin because stuff, man. because when I when I funnel us over there when I just because uh, I when James was around I I'd never met James I don't think before and so I'd not met him and then John just started telling people I was in this band without ever asking me if I was in the band yeah and then he just started telling people I was missing practice and like not showing up at the cross and like this went on for a long time and I was like fuck I'm in two bands already like I, I don't need to be in yeah. John's little punk rock experiment and so <laughs> I finally went on long enough that I showed up and I just started playing and I met Stu and I met James and it just clicked and we were boom yeah. and that bam and then Nitro started and that's when James and John were living at the cross and then I kind of at because being in the band and uh, and Motorbreath started practicing there the Nitro was practicing there that's the same time that the Bottle Tones got uh, Captain Rock mm-hmm. and the Bottle Tones were born uh, so Captain Rock was practicing there when the Action Man Guy, an action man was practicing there. When action man guys left, uh, then the bottle tones uh, started uh, because Morty was gone. So Captain Rock died or went missing and never to be found again. And uh, <laughs> he died. Yeah, and the, yes, and the golden throated Blanche bottle tone. She went west again, never to be seen again. <laughs> we hear it was a tax thing. What, what is it? What is it like? The influence over your memory and your ability to story tell. Simply by being ingrained in the scene, right? Yeah, right. Like it, it's a like it's a special kind of skill that folks that have worked on this as long as you guys have have to be able to just like run through this laundry list of here's who was where doing what at what time, right. and this unique kind of oh this one off thing happened here in this story we remember, right? Yeah, and the, the bottle tones we just started because it was um, easy to do in Carbondale. We could play at any ba- any bar, like any bar that was missing a band. Yeah. They would say, oh, can you guys play tonight? They canceled. And we would go in for low ball money and just sit there and figure out these rockabilly songs. Yeah. We did this a lot of, of the bars in Carbondale for mm-hmm. about a, a six months figuring this shit out. And then... Uh, once we got good at it, then all of a sudden we got really popular, and then we got really, really popular. And so then bottle tones were like 10 times pop, uh, more popular than nitro. It wasn't by intention, yeah. but all of a sudden, like we're Dude. not even thinking about it. And all of a sudden, the bottle tones are making this much money, and nitro makes yeah. this much. <laughs> and we're like, of course, we're just dumb kids. Where? What are you going to do? You're yeah. going to go for, you know, oh, the, yeah. hey, you, you want to play for Dick Dale in, in St. Louis and, and make this yes. much money? Yes, we do. Yes, we, yes. we really, we would like that. We would like that a whole lot. You know, it, it would be. You. Yeah, and so that, and then the bottle tones just took off, and it was at the right time. It was all luck, it, you know. It was when the Reverend Horton Heaton and all of yeah. that um, jump stuff—I uh, forget the name—Big oh, Bad jump, Voodoo Daddy, swing, Jump Swing, yeah, all that stuff was popular. Yeah. And then the Dick, and then Pulp Fiction didn't hurt us either. Yeah. And yeah. then all that, and uh, yeah, we got to play with everybody. Like I said, Dick Dale, Link Ray. Uh, the Ventures, the Misfits, uh, uh, Brian Setzer, and it, it, BR549. Oh, uh, we played oh with Setzer more than oh, a few times. Wow. The fact, yeah, he signed both John's and I's guitars. Um, oh. 
Yeah, Link Love Ray was it. by far my favorite artist we ever mm -hmm. played with. Oh, really? Are, yeah. are these wow. experiences that, like, wow. everybody here at home could vicariously live through you guys, yeah. like, during these experiences? Like, yes. Yeah. Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Link Ray, when we, we first met him, um, so he, so Link Ray was, uh, did a song called Rumble, and uh, he's pretty much the first punk rock dude ever. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah. he's American yes. Indian, named Link Ray. Um, he, he's uh, American Indian, he, Native. Native American. Sorry. Uh, I think it went back, though, to... And, uh, You're not in Ducoin. <laughs> sorry. I and, hated Ducoin. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to. But anyway, <laughs> he, he played a song called Rumble, and it was the first uh, rock and roll instrumental um, uh, gold record. And it also was the first record to be banned that was an instrumental because uh -huh. it was too lewd. And, uh, it's an instrumental. Yes. And it's uh, Jimmy Page's favorite song. Uh, uh, Pete Townsend says he's the most important guitar player ever. And... Uh, we have he he wore a bottle tone shirt at multiple shows. Um, we, when we talked to him, he wouldn't he wouldn't um, tell a story unless he heard a story. So it had to be one for one. So if you if he was going to tell you a rock and roll story, yeah. then you had to hear. I mean, then you had to tell him a rock and story to hear a rock and roll story. Yeah. And uh, I the the best what rock and a fucking thing, man. Oh yeah. Oh what a thing. Yeah yeah yeah. So you get like Paul Cook, who's a, 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 a you know storyteller extraordinaire, and then John Collins, mm -hmm. who's also not short on words yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. True. Yeah. Very and, true. and we're all you know all the bottle tones are characters. You know, there's no very short. true. And uh, well, that's why we all have oh, names. Yes. We're not normal humans. And. Uh, <laughs> um, the best one. So they were playing at a, uh, a a school on the East Coast. It was Cornell or Brown or, or Villanova, something yeah. like that. It's one of those schools. And they were at a frat party in a basement. And this was 1962 or 1963. And they have a song called Run, Chicken, Run. That's another famous song they do. Malcolm, uh, I think Malcolm Robertson's one of his very favorite songs is Run, Chicken, Run. And uh, so... Uh, they're playing, they're playing, and all of a sudden in the middle there's a ring and the people and they think there's a fight. And so uh, Link says he kind of elbows his way in to see what's going on, see if they need to get out of there. And he looks down and they said, no, nah, I see people humping. He goes, man, but those people are humping. I mean, they are really humping, man. And like, and he's like, so I just stood like over right there and I just looked at my brothers. His brother played drums. <laughs> and he's like, and I just, I just invented the song right there, man. And they just fucking went at it, man. The place went crazy. And that's how Link Ray told us he invented uh, the riff to Run Chicken Run, and wow. it was, uh, it doesn't get any. I mean, no. you can't, you can't get better, can't than, that. Get and, better than that. And and that's all because um, that Mortimer, Chris McAtee, and John Collins decided to drive all the way to. Um, Memphis one night to get drunk, happened to see little Charlie and the Nine Cats, happened to mm -hmm. drive back home and say, let's start a rockabilly band. And that all festered its way into us having experiences like that. And we had dozens of those experiences. So what, amazing. What's I it love like? It. I mean, just like looking at Carbondale, I mean, like, oh, I'm a Carbondale kid and I got to like have this whole experience <coughs> just by virtue of being here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, going up here, it's not so. Uh, you know, I'm a little older. Like I'm, a, my, you know, uh, fifty-ish, give or take, <laughs> ish, give or take, ish, ish, fifty, give or take. Um, and uh, you know, the the Carbondale that I grew up in was much more liberal, much more progressive. You know, um, uh, you know, uh, the, much more. Uh, you know, the um, 
international population was a lot larger. The, the idealism uh, was definitely more liberal here in, at that time. Uh, so it wasn't, you know, we saw a lot more interesting people in those days too. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, from, from, you know, even the sports figures, you know, uh, Walt, you know, Walt Frazier and, 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 on, and, um, and Hart, uh, and, 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 uh, Fuck. Anyway, are I'm you not, a sports guy too? Like not really. Music? I mean, I am enough. <laughs> I wasn't sure when you guys. I, I am like, enough. I, I am enough. Sorry. Sorry. Like, I'm I'm like enough. football, Brady. And you were like, no, I'm no. Really I, I played football. Guy. I played football in, in high school. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, and car for Carbondale. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't know. We're rock, hey. rock, we're, we're rock and roll stories, like just in general. I mean, but what mm-hmm. is? Ones I can so the ones that actually have in the bottles notes I can share, which is fun too. Like because well, I can't. There's yeah. a lot of rock and roll stories. My the, for my my professional life, my yeah. vocation yeah. that I can't, can't share. share. Um, but the ones with the with the bottle tones are nitro. So nitro. I learned a lot about being what I do now, a production manager for 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 Live Nation. Uh, from being uh, at the cross, and the cross is a lot like being a club. And I, I started out uh, at, at bigger productions, being production manager at House of Blues. And House of Blues has a music hall, has a restaurant, it has a private club that has private rooms. Mm-hmm. It has upstairs, it has a downstairs, set up exactly like the Lost Cross. Mm-hmm. Lost Cross, the upstairs is a VIP, oh. the two rooms, the private rooms, mm-hmm. the kitchen is the restaurant, downstairs is the music hall, yeah. and you run it just like you would a, a House of Blues. Yeah. So I learned how to, I, I accidentally learned how to run House <laughs> of Blues by putting on shows at the at the Cross for, for a long mm-hmm. time, for wow. years, you know? And so that became very natural to me, and that's, it just... It flowed like yeah. this is how you, you do this. You take things from little bits and use them later. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, I would never been a successful House of Blues production manager if I wouldn't have learned how to run shows at the Lost Cross mm-hmm. and yeah. the way that it's presented and laid out, even even though it's this mm-hmm. min, this minuscule. Yeah. But it, but the but the mindset scales right. That's what we were talking about yes, in terms of like the retail exactly. work now, like all of what she's doing in in Austin. Right. I've, I well, that's I've because got her experience. Well, and she so was living here. at the Lost Cross, developing her brand. Oh, and then Sacred <laughs> October. <laughs> well, you didn't talk about Sacred October yet, had you? Or, I oh, did. On. No, no. Secret so, October so is Sacred October shop. is the is the that's shop. I'm my sorry. Shop now. I'm sorry. Secret but like you developed the brand, Texas. But you developed the brand. At Lost Cross? Oh, I said I was. De- I I tried to brand. Oh, okay. Lost Cross. All right, all right, all right. So, turned, so the skills. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I, I, for a while, I <laughs> I was made up that little symbol that I yeah. that everyone has tattooed now, which is great. That was inspired by Jacob Tate's right a uh, little doodle that he wrote when he worked at the record store with you, and mm-hmm. he sent me a little postcard saying your your CDs in stock, and he put this doodle, and then I kind of Jacob used Tate it, also Jake, currently in Austin, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and and I used this doodle of his and turned it into the Lost Cross symbol and started writing that on the bottom of flyers. Jacob's a former roommate of mine and, and a former, and former roommate, roommate of hers, but she lived yeah. with them in Austin and yeah. they lived in what we called Lost Cross South. And when we would go on tour, we would just hot. Oh, the bottle tone stayed and you stayed with us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, played at couple, emos. Yeah, emos. Old and emos. The, yeah, old cool emos. emos. Yeah, we did. With uh, ta- Was it with Gravy Boat? That was Rick Carney's band. Uh, or is it Tall Boy at the time? They changed her name back yeah, and forth, but I I, it was one of the two. My but memory Rick, fails Rick Carney me. from uh, Jesus Christ Superfly, um, who I ran into today. Um, <laughs> well, open for the bottle. Not yeah, a coincidence yeah, yeah. that I ran into somebody from Austin in, in Carbondale. Carbondale. 
Hey, I've been playing music with, with Rick the entire lockdown. Oh, good. About, okay. one, about once a month. Good. And we'd get I together and just play guitar. I, I think he thought I was going to be much more accomplished and professional. <laughs> so I, I think that let him down. But, he helped but, start the school of rock, by yeah, the way. But, uh, think was, Jack Black movie. You but know? I try real hard. You, interview, <laughs> you should interview Rick Carney about that. Wait, well, hold on. What? What? Rick Carney from Jesus Christ Superfly. Yeah, 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 yeah like, but like, he started like the, he, the... the School of Rock in Carbondale. I mean, in Austin, Austin. sorry. Yeah. I'm forgetting. No, it's okay. The best part about it has been like every, like the back and forth of like saying, saying Carbondale meaning Austin or saying yes. Austin but meaning Carbondale. Sorry. And like, you know, it's like, I mean, like I think of this in like the terms where your, your grandma would call you by <laughs> how many different names, right? Carbondale that were your siblings' yeah. names or cousins' so by, names by, or what by, have you. By the way, if, if Carbondale, Illinois called Austin, Texas, Austin, Texas would be like, who this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it would be nobody. Yeah, no, I mean, right. it, it is so like it like you know, Carbondale always thinks of itself so highly, and I grew up here and I lived here for many years. But it, it's like it's so. It, I mean, and it is a black for anybody who's involved in it. It is a black hole, and it it does try to suck you back into it. And gravitational is real pull is real heavy. But yes, you have is. to have like been involved here to have any any knowledge of mm-hmm. of, of Carbondale. Like yeah. if yeah. you weren't involved some way. You know, if you weren't here, like, what's the name of the the the, the Chicago punk documentary? Um, you weren't here. In a, oh, right. Whatever. Yes. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like mm-hmm. for years when I was yeah. still, you know, when we were still around Carbondale a lot. You know, for years I would be at parties. People would know I wa- uh, who I was at after hours parties after mm-hmm. shows, and people would tell me how many times they'd seen uh, Nitro right. and how great Nitro is live. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Where did you see them? <laughs> Oh, I don't think they played there. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure they won't. No, no, they no. definitely never played there. Oh, fuck you. I, you know, I, I, anyway. Yeah, nobody, nobody saw, nobody ever saw Nitro Jr. Like me, I, I think, I, I think our biggest crowd was 16 people. Probably, I, w- I was like on you know, flight of the concourse, I mean, the fan. Yeah, on the, of the concourse. That was well, me. And Lisa Spencer. And, and Lisa, Lisa Spencer. Yeah, and Lisa Spencer. <laughs> Nitro Jr. Uh, yeah, she made my puke buckets for me. Oh, I remember the puke buckets. Yeah, yes. she, I hope she had didn't make one bucket. for this. There's certain songs I can't, I can't uh, vocalize for Nitro without. Uh, <laughs> Vomiting? Yeah. A little, a little. Well, I, I don't know if I'd call it vomiting, but there needs to be there, ne- there needs to be a vessel nearby. Yeah, re- yes. she would have recall. like a five-gallon pickle bucket. It said "cute <laughs> bucket" written in Sharpie. Yeah, with, with the yeah. yes, with the target at the bottom. <laughs> it wasn't meant to fill. It was meant to hit hit the bottom, hit the hit the hit the target, and then it was. I needed it big, so I had to make sure yeah. it didn't ricochet. So, okay, I didn't want okay. any, any innocent bystander. And you didn't want to ruin the equipment or anything. Or again. my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because Rockabilly comes with fancy shoes, I think. No, that was, that not, was that Nitro. Was, that was Nitro. Oh, yeah, Nitro. Yeah. Nitro. Yeah. 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 Nitro is definitely not Rockabilly. <laughs> so, and then, uh, then, then uh, Bottle Tones, uh, we did uh, Full Swing, which is all like a whole bunch of acoustic guitars. With Jacob and that Jacob Tate on drums, Dennis Dromat from many bands on fiddle, um, Dave uh, Stecker from um, Crank and uh, 138 and a hundred other bands on guitar, James P- B. Ricks on guitar instead of bass, 
Paul Cook on bass and mm -hmm. vocals. I played guitar, we did acoustic swing, that was real fun. Also yeah. went the other way, started playing in the Dammit Boys with Mortimer, just uh -huh. I think to make Paul angry at the time, because I was real good at agitating Paul at that point. <laughs> 97, 98, I was really agitating Paul. And so just to poke the bear a little more, I, I think I'd started playing in the in Dammit Boys just because we were all trying to concentrate and he was really giving up a lot of his personal mm -hmm. life to do as, as many shows as the Bottle Tones were doing. Like the Bottle Tones at that point were doing about 250 shows a year. That's, like like, that's like real work. Yeah. Like that real is work. actually yeah, a yeah, job. That's, that's yeah. a job. Oh, shit, it's a career. That's yes, a it job. is. It is. I mean, we, I, there were two years of my life that I didn't have any other job except being in the Bottle Tones. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. I mean, that, I, I filled out the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the the IRS paperwork, you know, that proved it, and they didn't even they didn't even sue me. So, and that shit's long gone. That was the nineties. It was all paper back then. It doesn't yeah. exist. Statue of limitations. So, um, yes. and then and then we we got and then we everybody slowly but surely quickly moved to Chicago, uh, and mostly for uh, financial and marriage reasons, not for musical reasons. Mm -hmm. not, uh, Action Man went early to become rock stars. It didn't happen. Uh, we went there all because we went there because we had to have jobs and our wives uh, wanted us to have jobs. And so um, we left 96, 97, 98 and, uh, and James stayed and then that didn't work out. So James stayed. We got another bass player in Chicago who's been with us since 98. It's Steve Gramoth who's fantastic. James is still part of the, part of the family, still uh, thunk bottle toned. Um, mm -hmm. uh, still Nitro Jr. even though that's questionable these days. Um, what else am I missing here? I had a I had a reason I was rifling through this. I had something at the scab end of this. Oh, it's a scab juice. <laughs> During this, uh, oh, also did the fist fucks. Uh, oh, also, fist fucks. Yeah, yes. Uh, with Brianna, you did a lot of Avengers with Brianna covers. Grass and uh, uh, with Avengers with yeah. Brianna Grass and uh, Tim Ramey and John yes. Rector and uh, Stu occasionally. Uh, Stu was in everyone's band. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's was a in lack Dama of. Boys they, he with played Mortimer in. And Dave Marquis and me were in the Dammit Boys. Dammit Boys, good band. Good. Damn it, I boys love the Damn Boys. I, I really love the Damn Boys. Damn it, boys are really good. I really good. hope Mortimer was going to be here because we could pour, pull I out some so. version of. of I thought boys. the Damn Boys were playing, then I heard they weren't playing, and I got I guess very it was upset. all if Mortimer could get here, and I don't, I don't know. So we'll see. And I haven't talked to Mortimer since New Year's, so. All right. And there we go. Uh, and then besides those bands, oh, then we all, Chicago end up Chicago, and then. Um, when we were doing that, uh, when I was just a professional bottle tone, mm -hmm. I, for cash I would do um, what they call archi um, archi architectural artifacts. I worked for a company and you'd go tear nice stuff out of old buildings or tear out and resell it. Learn to do that, learn construction, started right. doing construction on the side, got in a construction accident, broke both my heels, had no insurance, lost all my money, uh, was about to be destitute, my, uh, uh, and then before getting kicked out on the street, uh, the guys who worked uh, for production managers at House of Blues just took over. We had played there nine times prior. They said, they had said, hey, some of the guys here say that you're in a bad way. We hear you can't walk. We hear you're out of fucking money. We hear you about, you know, about, you know, on the street. It's like, if you can get here, you can walk, you can run the elevator and you can just sit in one spot and the shifts like 10 to 12 hours a day from the beginning of the production mm -hmm. to the end of the production. And then but you, and then you can have a job. So that was it. So then I would have to go from a block from my house on the fourth floor 
downstairs with no elevator, then a block to the Green Line, then the Green Line downtown, then across Dearborn Bridge to the House of Blues. And this was on two canes because both oh my, my feet were shattered. God. And then uh, I did that uh, for uh, about three months before I walked better. And then I turned that into a stage manager and that to a production manager. And that's how I got to be in uh, work for the House of Blues. And that's how the Bottle Tones ties mm -hmm. into me being a production manager. And from the House of Blues, I started working for Live Nation for Live Nation, started doing arenas and stadiums, and now I, I basically do arenas and stadiums and some amphitheaters. Well, that being the point at which where I'm already 10 minutes over the point where mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to let oh, you yeah, go yeah. get <laughs> So now that we're getting kind of back more into Brady is Brady, yes, are you good okay. on this, Cassandra? And I'm we'll kind of jump in our thing from here. I'm good on yeah. this. Yeah. All right. Cap I'm capture gonna, the oh, hug yes. on camera. It's oh. important. Oh. Oh yeah, I'm and, gonna hug you again later. And, and Scab Juice practiced Scab three Juice. times, never played live, but we had two little um, mentions in the nightlife, even though we never played that a show. True. It was it was spectacular. It was a, I made it up as a joke because I was always like, we should there should be a crusty punk band called Scab Juice. And <laughs> then then we just kind of made up one, and who was it was a rotating bunch of people, Ole Clampett. And Wilson, Craig, Craig, Wilson Craig Wilson was there playing drums, definitely. And I think there were a few other people. But I thought that Malcolm Robertson one time watched us, and I think he might have recorded it. But I should ask Malcolm about this if he has a tape somewhere. Because Malcolm's the type of guy who would save stuff from like a billion years ago. Well, so... I that, don't know. That that is. But no one ever saw scab juice. So before, I'm just gonna grab the microphone from behind the curtain here and okay. do whatever because it works out. So I, I don't even care if I'm not on screen right now. The um, so it's funny how that plays into, um, how that plays into, the six eleven pizza Nirvana story. Oh, it's a lie. It is a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. We're, that is that is all like well established. Yeah. That as much as I was, I was the first screamer of it's all bullshit. I was the first one. I yelled at Adam. I was like, when Adam was was like first entertaining it, I was like, Adam, it did not happen. And here's here are the thirteen reasons why. I always thought it was bullshit. Always bullshit. I, always, I never thought that was. Oh uh, yeah, but, but, the, but the offspring did rent the house out for for a month. No. And and the drummer from the Pixies did. Go over with Mortimer to the Lost Cross and hung out with us. That's true. That was a fact. Oh, that, okay. That's, a, that's so an actual the, fact. So one of the Pixies did mm -hmm. hang out at the Cross with Mortimer. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So there's at least like one. But Nirvana? <laughs> nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It didn't happen. Uh, that's your perfect outro because like, I, really, no, I, I appreciate this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just I'm, I'm, I'm we're we're we're, exper we're experimenting with new with new formats and yes. figuring it out as we go along. And I, I really turned, I turned so red. I'm gonna freak out when I see this. Like I was so red earlier. Yeah. So we're still recording. You're our, just gonna hop back down. All right. Keep it's going. our Scottish ancestry. I was red before I got here. I kept putting powder on it. Like still red. Here we go. Oh man, this is good now. And it was making me more red. So yeah, I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's the same Maybe thing. We can do color correction. Just get rid of the red, and it'll take. Care oh, it'll make oh, us more. It'll make us more blue. No, I don't. I don't do. I don't do. Anything. Yeah, that's what happened at my wedding. My my friend did my makeup and tried to get rid of my red, so she. I ended up looking green in all the pictures. I looked like. 
Frankenstein. Yeah, if, if it makes you guys feel any better, you're more pale than you are red. Um, that's, <laughs> I almost that's... asked you to dye my hair white today, but... Oh, I could have. I know. I, ch- I chickened out of that yeah. one. My people didn't get to your people. Uh, the yeah. correct forms weren't signed in time. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't pull this off. They got us dressed nice, yeah, didn't they? exactly. Man. Yes, yeah. yes. All right. You guys brought it together. Really, thank you, Cassandra. <laughs> Even though you're not on camera anymore, people are gonna be like, "Why is this so sloppy?" It's like I'm just working it out, man. This is my this is my own DIY setup. That's what this is. <laughs> and we're gonna fit this whole setup. So we're gonna use to film the cross uh, show tomorrow, like on Elm Street. So we'll see how it goes. All really, right. th- thank you for this. I'm gonna jump back into it with him, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm sure. All right. Yeah. <laughs> see, you for, see you in a couple of minutes. <laughs> my daughter in there. She's the next generation. Do what? You can get take a picture. Yeah. How old is your daughter now? 16. 16? Uh, that's great. My kids are 11, and I'm going to bring them with for part of it. So, yes. yeah. No, I'm... I'm I, she does, I don't even know if she wants to come, but she's going. Yeah. She's been to the cross. Yeah, she, she's, yeah, she's, she's here. She's going. She's going to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to do with her? Leave her at the Hilton? <laughs> no, no. All right. No. All right. I'll, maybe I'll see you tonight. Yep. See you in a couple minutes. All right. Cool. Okay. I'll, I'll get through here. All right. It was nice meeting you. It was nice tomorrow. meeting you as well. Yeah, yeah. You're not my am a hugger. I'm a hugger. That's it. I'm definitely a hugger. So, Sorry I spilled beer on your floor. It was the last bits. Thank you, Brady, for that yummy Oktoberfest. Anytime. I always drink your beers. It's the least I could do. Oh, okay. I mean, always. I mean, historically. I mean, at the yeah. store, when I stop by the store, I always drink your oh, beer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, now it's really busy. It's full of teenagers. Good. It's about time. Wait, what? You you deserve. I missed the part of the story. I know. I didn't put that. Uh, you know what? The best part about it is it's gonna be fade on the microphone. Right. I can pay myself. Uh, because you went viral on TikTok. Yeah. Hey, no, this is good. I yeah. can make a living. That's kind of My a husband's deal. job just ended. I'm the breadwinner again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I paid myself a big bonus. All my money this weekend. I'm like. Boop, boop, boop. When when you when you go when you go downstairs, hang a right as opposed to a left where we came in, and then go out the push bar from the go. farthest left set of doors. Okay. So the main sense? doors, yeah, main, yeah, main doors, farthest the left. The theater doors. You got it. All right, gotcha. You got it. All right, I'll see you later, <laughs> baby. Oh. <laughs> and it's not done yet. And that is that is about as a punk rock of a Midwestern goodbye. Yes. <laughs> as it gets right. I'm gonna have you. Uh, if you don't mind, just move. Scoot your seat where the stool is. And now I'm kind of like. Well, and we're still going. And just bring the mic up on yourself. I trust you to manage a microphone. Uh, no idea. <laughs> How no does idea. this work? What's a, what's an SM58? Um, no, that's... <laughs> I just like the... The the, um, the Nirvana story felt like a good... That was a great segue. That was the perfect question. That was great. That was great. You, you asked a really good question but, at the right time. Like it's, so Mortimer... Um, I'm messing up my screen all together right now. It'll be okay. Uh, so like more, cause Mortimer or not Mortimer. I'm sorry. Um, Malcolm. Right. All the M's. Mm-hmm. It's tough to keep all the M's together. I guess. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm making a cop out now. Um, the, that'll work. This I'll increase the size of the screen to tech stuff. I do everything on the fly, and I don't like to edit stuff. It's just kind of like one cut through, and that's how we go with it, and it works out. Um, but so, so the final nail in the coffin for Adam on this whole thing right. was the pay stub that Malcolm had from 
the exact date <laughs> right that was like the claimed date for this event and it was and he was working at a fireworks stand somewhere south of chicago yeah 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 there and that was, was it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the day was the day was impossible like it didn't happen the routing like it was all impossible when did this like when did this first like tail oh it's been going on forever as, as long as i can remember since the 90s this has been going on Nirvana played at Lost Cross. I, ju I just think because the 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 look of you know the the old Lost Cross the the so white it, so it didn't even start out as like six eleven pizza. It started out as Nirvana played Lost Cross. Right. Not, okay. Right. Yeah. 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 It started out as 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 then that was quickly, you know, just <laughs> swatted. And after that was so then it just re re manifested. I'm not like somebody was sitting back saying, well that one didn't work. So yeah. now we're going to have to find a, a new way to get Nirvana in here. But it just somehow morphed from from the cross. And it's been, you know, and there's there's lots of this band slept on uh, the cross's floor, that band slept on the cross's floor, and it doesn't really matter. Some yeah. some uh, they, have there been famous people in the Lost Cross? Of course there have. Yeah. Does it matter? Absolutely not. It yeah. doesn't matter. Lost Cross is there for just as a practice space and a place to put on shows, uh, all ages shows for kids who need it. You know, it's a way to get gas money for people who yeah. who, who want who feel the need uh, to do this at all costs. You know, yeah. and that's that's all it is. And it only took the city 25 years to figure that out. <laughs> I'm very proud they did, though. It's really impressive. It's better than most cities. It's better than most cities. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 the tough part about this, right? Is like, okay, getting to the breakthrough point, right? But then at the same time, like maintaining the integrity of like what got you here. Yeah, each 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 generation had its own struggles. I yeah. mean, you know, my, Mikey, you know, was very aggressive. Uh, um, James and Mikey kind of got it, were, and John for a while were a little more low key. Uh, and then Cassandra, they really had a plan. Like yeah. they had a plan worked out to to shut down Lost Cross, but they were shutting down parties in general at that point. So they had they they had a a, a worked out system of how they were going to control uh, and minimize uh, the parties. Um, and then, and then, but then it got worse, you know, when you get to uh, even past the Tim and uh, Brandon uh, eras into the Billy era, then it got real bad for a bit, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, and then, but we once we've persevered that, I, I think they just kind of gave up after Billy. They're like, fuck. <laughs> what else can we do? Right, we can't, we can't keep this guy down. Like, I mean, <laughs> if anybody got us to this point, I, I would say Billy, it really truly yeah. pushed it over over the finish line. To, to And I'm not going to say Adam is not, it, it didn't have his hand in this yeah, for, since yeah. the late 90s. And he does. And he's, you know, since, since Billy pushed it over the line, uh, Adam has definitely been the torch yeah. carer. I mean, torch bearer, carrier, bearer, carrier of the Lost Cross, and the, and the caretaker, and the man behind the scenes. He does more stuff for the for the house than and the whole uh, thing than people know. And uh, but but Billy Bollinger definitely was the guy who, who pushed it to the point of just ex there was a time it wasn't going to exist, and there was a time it didn't exist. You know, yeah. and that was another problem. Is is once Billy just said, "Fuck it, we're just going to live here and fuck yeah. you." You know, we're going to live here in squalor and you can't fucking do anything about it. <laughs> and then, you know, the next in the next couple of generations, they just kind of lived in squalor and then yeah. nobody was there for a bit. And then that's when it got bought, which was great. And, you know, my timeline's a little off, but that's the yeah, it's ballpark. It's a ballpark of what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and it just goes to show like, right, that, that everybody 
like kind of has their own specific role they play in the legacy of the house overall. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cassandra's and, and Tim's, I think, was the most social. Uh, you know, Mikey, the Mikey and uh, the Lost Cross uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Rad, uh, Radzinski and, 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 um, there's 500 people that I should say right now, and Taz and and, and and all of them. Uh, Taz did uh, Taz did Taz did all of copyrights new music videos. Good. Oh, good. So, cool. And we did we did two of those here, one in our upstairs, and one in the big room. So like the have you seen them yet? I have. Yeah, so, I have so, yeah. the, so the um, uh, the the one with the with the movie screen in the back we did in the big theater, and it's just I mean mm-hmm. it was set up perfectly to like do something like that and i'm just i'm astounded at how great that particular piece came out good good yeah it's it's great yeah yeah yeah, it feels like a pat on the back you're like "Ah, no it's it's a real it's a real it's a real thing it's a real music video it's a a vimeo level level music video yeah you should be fucking proud of that yeah yeah and that's and that's (laughs) that's all we could ask for right of like what what can we produce and push out of here right Right? because i mean you you hit kind of a, a a real like key point in that Carbondale, right, can only aspire to be so much with the size that it is, with its location, with it, you know, everything that is a component here. So do with it what you can. Right. And and don't try and be something that you're not. Yeah. You know, I kind of I kind of get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, you yeah. know. So uh, that that is a lot to be said. And 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 even though it's a small town, the the access to the the university for being a, a, a local yeah. uh, is is essential. I mean, it it's it's just like I cannot say en- enough about. Uh, just having access to SIU and, yeah. and just and Morris Library for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, at the time, you know, in the late '60s, one of the great libraries on on the planet, mm-hmm. let alone just in Carbondale. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's still a great. You know, Morris Library is still considered a great treasure. Yeah. Like it's a nationally recognized library that's yeah. sitting in this small town in Illinois, and it's it's just a wonderful thing in itself. Yeah. You know, and then. Um, you know, and the fact that the arena is here too is, is also kind of strange, especially as early as the SIU arena was. I mean, you know, that for 68, I think it was built, maybe 69, mm-hmm. you know, for, for being a dome that large, that's that was also very unique. Yeah. You know, so there were there were unique things that, that made and, and created and, and very, very much influenced who I was and, and especially grew up to be um, uh, the, the music scene and, and learning to do what I do, you know, yeah. all... all had to do a lot to do with 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 the access to the education system that 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 SIU provided to the Carbondale school system. Yeah, you know, it was was more than any other small town within hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. You oh know? yeah, yeah. I mean, being being able to go through the school system and just have yeah a, a, a level of exposure that you know places even just within you know a stone's throw. Right. Don't you know, have. Could, yeah. Could right. never. Could never dream to have let alone again like you said around the country right huh yeah the uh were your were your parents like ever ever engaged in like the conversations of concern around uh lost cross did you ever like hear about it at home like never 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 but by the time that i was you know i no (laughs) <laughs> they, they would have never known any i mean no it was yeah. not and, and at that time it was you know when i would have been young enough for them to care about something yeah. like that but old enough that it's like 
I'm living my own life. Right, yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, we kind of passed that point anyway. So it wouldn't have been, there would have been no time. Don would have been young enough to get in trouble for going there, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a little older than her. So I mean, just a couple, a few years, but still, you know, uh, you know, me going there when I was 16, uh, it was the first time I went there when I was 16. So the first, so when I really started hanging out there, I was in, in college years. I was already 18, 19. Yeah. You know, when I, would, when I really started hanging out there, I was already college age. Mm-hmm. So it was... Even keel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, a, not a worry there. Yeah. That makes sense. That, that, that makes sense. And, and that's, I, I, that's kind of what I'm figuring out as I kind of go along here, like is like who fits where in kind of the timeline, right? And what's, what's kind of just generally cool about Oh, and we're so intertwined yeah. and so cross-pollinating yeah. that it's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some, uh, some nice uh, person, I forgot her name, uh, she made a graph once or it's a diagram mm-hmm. uh, that came really close. I mean, it was about 95% right. You got to mm-hmm. like get, it was impressed, impressive <laughs> for like 1996 or yeah, 1996. And yeah. we had like a lot of like the wax dolls and the beginning of the, the Borough City Rollers and such. Sorry about that. You're fine. No, I've, uh, I have my cell phone go off from time to time on the on the conversation. I'm like, I've, I've had like I like it happened when when John Jackson was well, like it was an what, interview. What's your, what's your ringtone? Huh? What uh, is your ringtone? It's, ring it's uh, just the Google Meets. The Google Meets, just a, just a standard yeah. ringtone, really? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So Mine's The Clash, because they're the only band that mattered. So, uh, just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know why any of us play, because we should just listen to The Clash what are, what and be, are your, be done like, with it. What are your it. general feelings on music? Like, what is what is your... like? What? Oh, there are two kinds of music. Okay. The kind you like and the kind you don't. The end. <laughs> That's it. And, and to each their own. I mean, if you like something that I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Like, people want to argue and tell me I'm wrong and this person's better than that. I don't. What makes you happy? Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. L- let me enjoy what I like. I'm sure. Sh- and, and that's it. I've never, like, uh, and I always thought that was the most punk rock thing to, to, to think about. Like, just do your thing. Like, yeah. I could care less. Like, I know, I know what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I know what I don't like to listen to. That doesn't mean that it's bad. It just doesn't bring me joy. Yeah. You know, it's like that whole Marie Kondo thing. Like, does it bring you joy? Like, <laughs> if it put, doesn't, send it on. Right, exactly. Like, get, you yeah. know, throw it in the lava, get rid of it. Hell yeah. Well, it was kind of funny. You know, what I, what I asked Cassandra was, was, you know, kind of what, what the digital world did to her as an organizer, right? As, as somebody who was really like, you know, in the corporate world, probably called product project manager, mm-hmm. right? You right. Know, less than our boring corporate world terms here, right? Do what what experience did you get to have in this like changeover from analog to digital? That's still you know kind of finding its line even after all this time and seeing this even this you know manifestation of the the want for analog now with people pressing more records all of a sudden, like just getting to live through a very significant point at which media changed and getting able to just play in that yourself? Uh, I never thought about it. <laughs> You're just like, I just played the music and yeah, it is no, what it no, was. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like most consumers. I just want it to be easy. Yeah. Give it, give it to me as fast and easy as I can get it. Yeah. That's all I want. I want as much music I can get my hands on as quickly as I can, as easily as possible. Uh-huh. 
The end. And uh, do I love uh, very nice stereos? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Do I love high-end vinyl? Yes, I do. I really like listening to good records. Um, I like my, listening. I have a collection of my favorite records, uh, good copies. I have a really nice record player with a really nice amplifier, and I listen to it probably... 10 times a year and it's spectacular at that 10 times a year really it is but otherwise i just want to hear as much stuff yeah. as i can get my hands on and uh you know the and it, it the beautiful thing is it just doesn't end like there's the, the rabbit hole for music and finding cool music mm -hmm. and, and like that's the other beautiful part about there being uh, the digital realm and and coming to grips with the six billion plus people on this earth mm -hmm. is is the amount of music that you can now tr go and start finding that's good or mm -hmm. appeals to you is just so fucking massive. I'm I get stuck in the same fucking ten bands. Excuse my French, Gosh. you know. And 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 I still listen to my favorite Stones record, my favorite Beatles record, my favorite Coltrane record. Though you know those those are those are the things I do over and over again. Yeah. But yet I still try to find as much new appealing stuff as I can just I don't know if it's ear candy I don't know if it's adrenaline I don't know if it's an addiction you know I used to smoke cigarettes so maybe it's the same part of my brain who, who, who knows but that's that's uh how but any of that that you were talking about I've never really given any thought to yeah. because I just knew that it's the next form of technology to make that it easier to get to us is mm -hmm. going to happen yeah. so it doesn't matter what I'm uh, what the process is in 1974, 1986, mm -hmm. 1998, 2005, or 2021. The pro it's, I never expect it to be the same. It's always mm -hmm. going to be different. The one that was before that we're arguing about is going to be obsolete, so why do we need to talk about it? Yeah. Because the technology that we're going to talk about and complain about is going to be obsolete by the time anybody gives a fuck of what we're talking about. <laughs> so just focus on the art, man. Right, exactly. Yeah, because the technology is going to take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's and, and, it, and it's so good at this point that does it fucking matter? <laughs> I just, love how you just put a wall on yourself sometimes, Brady. I like how like you're 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 in it and then you're just like I'm stopping for a second. Yeah. And yeah. like let the like let the like let the train catch up with the. <laughs> no, man. I, but I, I I'm done, just, that's, I'm just done with my point. You know, I mean, that's that's just that's that's it. that's, that's the it? point. Yeah. That's, what, what, do you like? Are you always? listening to music like is it ever present in your life no no, no i i listen to silence most okay yeah yeah silence is the most important because I, I i i work concerts yeah silence is golden to me um so uh i listen to music uh, well i do listen to music a lot i i it's a lie yes i listen to music a lot <laughs> a lot a lot more than the normal people yeah so uh but I, I i like silence just as much as i like music I'd rather listen to music than watch television. <laughs> that's that's a reasonable one. Yeah. As as well, I think the you would rather listen to silence than listen to music. No, uh, no, sorry, that's I'm sorry, not true. Did, did I get that phrasing wrong? Yeah, 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 that's not true. That's not true. Backwards. Yeah, yeah. My apologies. But but uh, but silence is equally important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Silence silence makes everything more important. Plus, I get to hear the ringing in my ears, which is various, very impressive. Like it's just it's out there. So I get to enjoy uh, enjoy that tinnitus. You know that's the correct way to play, say it. Tinnitus. Yeah. I, I had no. Yeah, no, because I've talked to my buddy 
about it this week about his ringing in his ears from playing drums for as long as he has. Yeah, and, I'm sure it's uh, awful. Tinnitus man. is what? Tinnitus. 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 Yeah, yeah. Ask an ENT. <laughs> Ask an ENT. They'll tell you real quick. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but they're like, yeah, we know. We just go with it because everybody yeah. says tinnitus. So <laughs> it's just a thing. You know, it. it's like diabetes. Yeah. So when did you when did you officially like leave Carp? Like when was your outro? Uh, ninety eight. And that and that took you to Chicago. Chicago. And then in Chicago, I uh, worked for House of Blues. Uh, then uh, started opening different houses of blues. Uh, uh, started as an opening team for production, just getting it the going, yeah. putting the stuff up, hiring the crews. So did that in Cleveland. Did that in San Diego. When we got to San Diego, I said mine, and I stayed. So, yeah. so San Diego, two thousand and four to 2009 ish give or take six yeah. months on either side and then went from uh, house of blues san diego to house of blues houston yeah. from houston to austin and i've been in austin for five years now so they just keep kind of moving me around but i've been in, in i've been in texas for um 14 going on 15 years now oh, so still like familiarity yeah kind of overall yeah what what are what are the things that you wish people like got about production and putting together a show that like just your everyday attendee oh, how, how difficult it is and how uh, how professional the people are like everybody has the, the vision of the roadie that's not true like these are yeah. these, these these people put up an entire village and you know basically build a small city in a day and take yeah. it down in a day yeah and then get it to the next uh, city and do it again and uh, on a massive scale yeah and uh what people don't understand is the level of professionalism and, that goes into it. Uh, it. It's quite extraordinary. Just the, the, the best of the best do it. Like, and the best engineers, the best sound guys, the best light guys, the best carpenters, mm -hmm. you know, um, and on and on and on. The best caterers, you know, the, the, the best agents, the best managers, all of them are the best at what they do to, mm -hmm. at th that level. Um, and everybody just thinks they're, they're like, a, a, you know, I think in kind of just national lore, a roadie comes to mind as a step above a carny. Yeah. You know, and they should be considered more a, a technician. Yeah. Um, a traveling engineer. A tangling, a, a, yeah. exactly, a traveling engineer, because that's what they most of them are. Yeah. You know, and and the ones who are or organizers, you know, are organizing hundreds of people and dozens of vehicles and thousands of moving parts uh, daily for months on end. So, yeah, the, the, the people who actually make it happen and figure out how to make all it happen schedule wise and routing wise and personnel wise and equipment wise. Yeah, it's 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 quite extraordinary. I mean, it, it, it's quite extraordinary to do it in a van and trailer. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do this in a van and trailer. Yeah. It's hard, harder to do it in a, a a semi truck and a bus. Yeah. It's extraordinarily difficult to do it for 32 uh, buses and um, 30 and 28 trucks. You know, it, it's just it's exponential and yeah. how how difficult the the logistics and, and the needs equipment and personnel become when you when you get to that level. And I don't think anybody understands the cost 
or the speed or the ability that goes into it. I, nobody's ever going to see it. It all just even the even a lot of the people who just show up and work at the the venues like they 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 just show up and oh the show's built and we're gonna have a show tonight. They came to work at four that day to work yeah. the show, you know, and just magic pixie dust, you know, got <laughs> sprinkled and the fairies made it happen again, yeah. you know. But no, it's 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 quite. I, I get to I get to work and get to see some of the most uh, amazing uh, feats of 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 of, of engineering and technical uh, electronic work yeah and, and that gets done in, in the world today on, on a regular basis and it's 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 uh, I couldn't be more humble or lucky or depreciative I mean it's just just wild to think I mean you know 50 years ago you know a, a Woodstock time right it was it was big but like now just the amount of work like all of the additional components the Everything from screens to lights. Right, to right, yeah, yeah. The, and the thing the is, that, the, yeah, the, the lighter, you know, there was a, a prevailing, I think, a prevailing idea that the lighter everything got, that the easier it was going to get. But the, the, that's not what happened. The lighter it got meant they could just hang more stuff. Yeah. So now there's just a lot more stuff they can hang, but they're, <laughs> but they're still pushing the limits of the weight, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I just did Harry Styles a couple couple weeks ago, and that, that show was just massive, you yeah. know, just massive, you know, on a scale that, you know, on shows like that, you have to get an engineer to come and sign off, and you get to plan with the riggers, and mm -hmm. you go, you know, it's two weeks of math before you get to the show just to make sure that the that the show is going to hold hold the the load, mm -hmm. you know, and it's 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 quite amazing. It's 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 quite amazing. It's a lot of math. Well, and it's I would imagine sacrifice too, like just by virtue of what people give up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The getting on the hamster wheel. Yeah. When, 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 <laughs> once you get, once you get, on, it's hard to get off the hamster wheel. Yeah. So once you get into the touring world, yeah. I mean, you know, and the money's good and the people are good, but the the schedule is brutal. I mean, you know, the schedule is hard, and uh, you know, you work like my my work days start between five generally sometimes earlier but generally around five or six in the morning and generally go to two or three at night mm -hmm. uh and i generally have and in the busy season two or three shows a week sometimes i have five shows a week you know sometimes i get to travel with the bands uh sometimes i just have to you know have different shows every night at the same venue and just have to bend and grin and bear it um but yeah yeah it's 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 not you know it's not for everybody this as a good friend of mine steve lawler said uh it, it's it this life it ain't for everybody so is your is your role? I mean, are you essentially just like the 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 dude in charge? Like, no, I'm just one of the no no. There's there, there, there's a group of us. That we, okay. There's um, so in Texas we we our um, we handle the Texas offices or region. Mm -hmm. uh, we handle Texas, uh, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Arkansas. Oklahoma, Kansas, and New Mexico. Mm -hmm. We handle all those states because Texas is, is a small place, so they want to make sure that we get our workload. <laughs> and and so when tour historically, when tours come in, we hop on with them uh, and then we stay with them until they're out of our uh, out of our region. Mm -hmm. That could be one show. That could be seven shows, just yeah. depending on the routing uh, uh, and what was available, building wise, uh, and where they wanted to go and where they needed to go next. So. Um, that was before COVID. After COVID, now we're not traveling with anybody because we don't want to get on their bus, and why would they want us on their bus? Yeah. And um, so things have gotten a lot more complicated scheduling-wise, but not. But it's still uh, work uh, hasn't slowed down. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, Texas it is open if you haven't heard. <laughs>
for business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, um, I work with uh, the the person who brought me on to do it from House over from House of Blues, Steve Lawler. He's 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 my favorite. He, he's he's the man who made it possible. Like, uh -huh. dance with the one who brought you. There's there's folks yeah. from from House of Blues Chicago, uh, Jim Darden, Jim Jablonski, Michael Yerke. Those are the guys who brought me there. Uh, in 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 Houston, it was Steve Lawler and Bob Root. Steve Lawler is just a legend of a production manager and good friend. And 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 uh, Google Steve Lawler uh, and and go down that rabble, rabbit hole. That bask in the glory that is. You you will be amazed. <laughs> that's my that, that he's he's my main counterpart, my main uh, my main partner in crime. It's, it's nice to be able to work with people that you can, like, look up to no matter where you're at. Oh, absolutely. Is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's it, it, what we do, man. I, it's humbling. There, there's a group of, 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 of production managers who do the some of our learning, who just work on a different level and think on a different level mm -hmm. than... than than anybody, you know, the, the, the people who do the, do the stadium shows, I mean, well, that's, it's not just the stadium shows, all yeah. shows are difficult, but you know, the, the, the folks who, who do, and this, this is list goes on and on, but you know, the people who do like the Beyonce's, the Metallica's, mm -hmm. the Timberlake's, the, the Pink's, uh, and on and on, those, that's extraordinary. The people that I get to work with, yeah. it's just humbling. Like I just, I just shut the fuck up and, 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 and write, and write things down and try real hard. Right. Yeah. As long well, as I, I, imagine, I imagine on the other side of it too, right? The, the people that are, um, and we're, you're, we're right at time. So you got, you're, you're all good. We will get you to your rock and roll yeah, soon enough, yeah. my friend. Don't you worry. The, um, the kind of, kind of just closing out on, on, on this idea that, you know, the, the work that you put in, it's not, it's not just for the people in the front row. No, right. not at all. Not at all. No. And so I'm I'm just the middleman. So yeah. um, somebody books the tour, like the the band's agent sells the tour to our talent buyer. Yeah. Talent buyer gives then gives me the marked up contract. Well, but that's not true. So they they start looking at the show. Um, we have to look at the seating maps, the stage, where the seats are going to go, where the stages mm -hmm. go, where the st stage are fit, wh where the best seats are going to be, how they're going to be priced, if we can actually cover the price of the production. Once we figure yeah. out we can price the production, what do we price them to actually make money? Once that happens, then they get the contract, then it gets marked up. Once a marked up contract happens, then we get it back and we have to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So what the tour needs, we have to get, and what we have to get that from the building and we have to make sure that the tour is happy we ha but not getting more than they should we yeah. have to make sure that the building's happy but not hiding or not providing everything they were supposed to yeah. and we have to make sure that they're also getting everything from us that they need because yeah. it's a two it's a three-way street actually every accommodation is a dollar Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So as long as we're just the middleman to make sure that all of that is happening in real time and everybody has what they need and we're within budget. And that's my job. To nail that. Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure all that happens. That's what I do. But, but more so, I guess more what I was, what I was prodding at was like the guys are trying about like Steve, like when they, when they go in and they put their mind to this, they're not just saying, how do I have this, the best show for the people that are in this section? Right, but they can look up into, or they can look out into the the great beyond oh, the stage and go. 
this is, you know, I, I, I'm making just as good of a show for somebody that paid $35. Oh, I, I, no, 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 absolutely. The, the, the best ones do, and especially Steve, Steve Lawler is probably a great one. He's yeah. a guy, he, he can look at a building and tell you where your sight lines are, tell you um, how many seats um, you can put in, a, in an area, tell you how your egress, how many people, um, you know, your roads in, your roads out, how many toilets, how many porta potties, just by standing on a field, he can tell you that. <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah, it's kind of like a Rain Man sorted sort of deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's people who have just done it enough and, and are so good at what they do and are so good at it just naturally, the mathematics part, you know, yeah. that, that they, can, they can just nail it. And there's, there's a handful of them that are just that good, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's it, man. This, is, this conversation has been just that good on my, <laughs> on my sneak. I was so red, man. man. I felt <laughs> bad. Like, I was so red. Ah, you're, you're all good. You're all good, just like we've been all good for episode 94 right. of the well, WTF Thank Barbara you. Podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, Brady. Thanks for being here, man. Have a good one, folks. Whatever that one may be.